Hola, garrotos y garrotas, muchachos y muchachas, guys and girls. Hello. You are listening to a very special episode of the English Made Simple show. This is episode number 162, number 162, numero 162. Welcome. Welcome, guys and girls. Welcome, garrotos y garrotas. Welcome. My name is Milena from EnglishMadeSimple.net, EnglishMadeSimple.net. How are ya? <laughs> How are ya? You know this one. That's an Aussie greeting. That's an Aussie greeting. That's how Australians say, how are you? How are ya? <laughs> right. Guys, let me give you a quick introduction to today's episode. Today, finally, we're going to chat with one and only Natalie Eustachio from Brazil. <laughs> Yay! Let me see if I can find some Brazilian music. Let me see if I can find one. All right, let's play that. Cool. Right. Nice. And if you're new to the show, please go back to the last episode, episode number 161, to learn more about Nati and uh, who Nati is. And you will also learn about the topics that we are going to cover in today's episode. So I suggest you go back to 161 first and then tune in to today's episode. Awesome. Now, I decided to bring Nati to the show because uh, she's someone who has already been through the experience of moving overseas, getting a visa and dealing with migration in general. She also had to learn English uh, before she moved to the US. So she's kindly sharing some tips with us. Uh, she also had to look for a job overseas as a qualified psychologist from Brazil. And she managed to find a job and then decided to start her own business while living in the U.S. Nati shares everything with us. Nati also had to go through the daily struggles uh, as, uh, as an immigrant uh, living overseas. But she's very happy to share with us how she overcame those struggles Uh, and she's happy to give us some tips on how to deal with our limiting beliefs. Right, you will learn what limiting beliefs in episode 161. And uh, guys, this episode is for you if you're someone who is traveling overseas, if you're someone who plans to move to an English-speaking country, or if you're someone who already lives in an English-speaking country, then please don't miss today's episode. So, before further ado... Please sit back, take a glass of wine, have a cup of tea, have two cups of coffee, <laughs> because uh, this episode is full of useful tips that you don't want to miss. Just before I start the chat with Nati, I want to let you know that there will not be a transcription to this episode, but there will be a summary of, uh, of the interview to help you follow it, and you can find that summary on the English Made Simple website, englishmadesimple.net, and just Look for episode 162. Awesome. Now, after some laughs and giggles, giggles means like ha ha ha, laughs. <laughs> after some laughs and giggles, I start off the chat with Nati by asking her one simple question in my wannabe Australian accent. It goes like this How are ya? 
<laughs> I'm good. I'm so great. I'm glad to be here with you. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have you here. Excellent. Um, all right, Nati. So I wanted to ask you a few questions. Um, maybe just starting with uh, you know sharing your story. Who is Nati? Uh, well, first of all, how do you pronounce your la- uh, last name? Eustachio. Eustachio. With oh, okay. Really hard. <laughs> Eustachio. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Eustachio. Got it. Woo-hoo. Okay, got it. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm not going to ask you how to pronounce my last name because that's pretty difficult. (laughs) My last name is... All right. What's your last name? (laughs) My last name is Vujnich. Vujnich. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Um, All right, Nati. So please share your story with us. Like where are you from? I'm sure my listeners will uh, want to hear about who is Nati and... You know, what made you move from where you, you know, where you lived to the U.S.? Mm-hmm. So, I'm originally from Brazil. I was born in the north in a state called Pernambuco, but I was raised in Sao Paulo, which is a very, very big city in Brazil. Yeah. And I lived there until I was 23. That was when mm-hmm. I moved here. And I... I started having the desire to move to another country once I started college and there were many people in my course that during vacation they would go to another countries and they most of them spoke another language and it started to open a new world for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I wish I could do this too. How can I do this? And um on the third year of uh, my course, I was talking um, to a friend on the cafeteria, and she told me that she had this au pair in her house when she was a kid, and that this this uh, girl, she was from French Guinea, and the family wanted the kids, and including her, mm-hmm. to learn French, and uh, that's why this girl went there, and she studied and all that. And she was like, oh, you maybe could do that in the United States. And I was like, wow, really? Yeah. Is this possible? And then I went to the exchange agency, and I asked all the questions, how it worked, how much it cost. I was like, oh, this fits in my pocket. I think I can get an intermediate English. <laughs> yeah. And to the time ago, that was when everything started. Mm-hmm. And then I, one, one very special point too for me was when I, I tried to, I really wanted to work in the human resources area when I started studying psychology and I went into an interview to a very big company, a multinational company to do um, internship there. But uh, they, uh, they put on the description of the job that, that person needed to know English, but I was like, oh, I think I know a little bit. I didn't. (laughs) I think we'll go anyway to the interview. And it was very frustrating for me when the lady started the interview and she wanted to speak in English and was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. This was in Brazil, was it? When you were That was in Brazil, yes. And then she, I remember until this day, she asked me, would you like to try that was the the phrase that she said. And the only thing that I understood was the word like. 
And yes. then I thought that she was asking me the things that I like to do. And then I started saying, oh, oh I like to play volleyball. <laughs> and I was like, no. And then I thought, it's not possible that she is asking me what I like to do. Yes. So and then I stopped and I said, well, I don't think I can continue the interview because I oh, really wow. not always speaking English and then the interview was really short and I left there really angry and frustrated mm. but I, I remember getting the elevator and going out to the street and thinking to myself I will really learn English now mm. because I need to prove to myself that I'm capable of doing this yeah so that was a really like frustration like I felt really frustrated and angry with myself but at the same time it was a motivation for me yeah. to learn And I think that was an important moment, low moment for me to learn English. Uh, and then with this and with the, my friend telling me about the Alpha program, it was just that gave me the motion that I needed to start learning English and doing the things that I needed to, to travel. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, that's, and after three years of this, of this moment, mm -hmm. I, I came. So... Yeah, that's how you, you I arrived got in here. the U.S. Yeah, so I arrived in the U.S. in March 11th, 2013. 2013. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, that was five <laughs> years ago. So how did, you, how did you learn uh, English? So did you prepare for the interview? This was the interview for the au pair, wasn't it? So, yeah, so for the for the au pair, uh, for those who don't know what au pair is, yes. and if you wanted to travel to the U.S. or to Europe, it's a really, really cool program that are many websites online that you can check. You have to be single, uh, 26 or younger, oh, and you have to like, like kids, have experience with uh, kids, taking care of kids, yeah. and, uh, and have a little bit of like intermediate conversion conversational English okay. you don't have to be very good in writing or reading you have to be able to communicate a little bit that's okay so that was the open so that's basically a pair but um, so they do interviews in Brazil uh, oh, yes, in English yes. to see if you're actually able to go to the US and speak English uh, yes with your with yes. your family there Yeah, so that's why I was talking about the opera program. Yeah. So this is the opera program. It's a really great program. And to be able to, to enroll the program, you have to have intermediate English. Mm -hmm. And then I started studying English by myself pretty much in the beginning. So what I did that helped me a lot was to watch Disney movies because I had to watch them when I yeah. was a kid and I could understand the context and they were fun. Yeah, And it was an easy way to get introduced to the language. I listened to music and tried to sing along with the lyrics. And yep. I loved um, U2 and um, Madonna. So I was listening <laughs> to them mostly. <laughs> and the, the, my friend suggested me the Beatles because they have very simple lyrics and basic words. So it was great for me too. And uh This friend who told me about the au pair program, she also knew English very well because she was taught since she was a kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, between our classes, we would have breaks. And then I asked her to teach me a few things 
so like we would go to the cafeteria and she would teach me some things or I would watch the movies and mm-hmm. she will she would um, ask me to do a little essay about the movie in English and then I would mm-hmm. send her and she would correct so it was a very informal type of class yes. but it was fun because I was with my friend and we were having a good time together um, and then when I was close to coming here and take the tests to the opera, because you have to take a conversational test, um, I took an intensive class in an English school so I could feel more confident. And then, yeah, that, that's okay. how I got prepared a little bit. Yeah. And do you think that was enough before you actually landed in the U.S.? Was, well, there, was it enough <laughs> of preparation or... Was it a completely different story when you had to speak English in the U.S.? It was a completely different story. (laughs) I thought I was prepared because during the interviews and really, um, and also in the intensive courses, uh, on the tests, for example, the the people, they talk really slow and they repeat once or twice if you need it. And in real life, it's it's not the way it goes. People just talk once and they talk really fast. And I felt really overwhelmed because I, my brain needed to translate everything. So yeah. I was, you know, overthinking everything all the time. Yep. And it was, it was crazy in the beginning. <laughs> I, I felt really overwhelmed. And we were in a training school. So when we come as an au pair, uh, we go to New York and we stay a week taking classes and learning about the culture, learning yep. about how the educational system is in the U.S. and, and things like that. So it was people, uh, the teachers talking all the time on us and asking questions, and I would always sit on the very back seat of the class so the teacher couldn't see me or ask yeah, me anything. You were shy. <laughs> I was really shy, and I'm not a shy person at all, yeah, and this was yeah. something that happened with me once I came here. I became shy. I didn't want to talk to people. I was completely scared of talking on the phone. <laughs> yes. Oh, phone. That's a different uh, story as well. Like yeah, so, somebody face to face as opposed to on the phone, uh, you use different skills. You have to use different talents as well. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, so I was, I was not prepared at all. I think if I had someone who had the experience of living in another mm-hmm. country, talking to me along the way, you know, really telling me, well, you will feel overwhelmed, try this. I think it would help me a lot because we have no idea Mm -hmm. what is waiting for us when we are about to come. So, yes, it was not enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I wanted to bring you actually to this show because um, you have uh, experience to share with with the listeners. And I have a lot of listeners who do think about migration, you know, moving to either the U.S. or Australia or New Zealand or Canada even. So, you know, we all experience the same, um, the same feelings. Like everything you said, described now, I went through that when I moved to New Zealand. That's where I lived first in New Zealand and then to Australia. And uh, it's just, it doesn't, you know, it's something you have to experience but you, as you said, you can be prepared. So if, even if you had a friend to tell you and to kind of forewarn you that, oh, this is what you will expect uh, about the culture, about the you know, pronunciation is different, or people speak really fast and just be ready for that. So yes. yeah, definitely does help talking with somebody or just you know, listening to stories like your story, for example. 
Yes, it's true. Yeah. yeah. It, it was really overwhelming. And I think if I had people who knew what was waiting for me telling me, I think the anxiety would go down a lot because I felt really anxious yeah. uh, for coming. Um, but yes, it would definitely help to, exactly. to have someone with experience yeah. taking um, my hand. And, you know. <laughs> somebody who's been there, done that. Yeah. What about when you landed uh, in the U.S.? And I'm going to ask you this question uh, because somebody asked me, one of the listeners did, um, about pronunciation. Like, how, would you, how did you react to someone, you know, when you landed in the U.S.? What was your first impression dealing with pronunciation of the words? Because they might have been different when you were learning in Brazil. Yeah, it is different because I learned from people, from Brazilian people, talking in English. Yeah. Ah, I see. So I I learned the English with the Brazilian accent. Yeah. And I saw, I, I was listening to American accent when I was uh, watching movies and, mm-hmm. and listening music. But it's different when someone is talking to you. And uh, I think the accent was, it, it shocked me a little bit because I think more the pace than the accent, I would say. Because the pace, oh, the pace, okay. Fast. So I think the pace for me was something that I I struggle more to get used to and to understand mm-hmm. than the accent itself. Even though when I was learning English, I was learning with people who were speaking English in a Brazilian accent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they probably spoke slower English um, than native yes. speakers. Yes, yeah. and even the words, like one thing that I struggle a lot in the beginning was to use the, the simple past uh, to, to speak it correctly, because, for example, I talked to someone, I would say I talked, I would really extend the ED, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because this is the way we talk in Portuguese, or mm-hmm. uh, special doesn't have an E in yeah. the beginning, yeah. but we add the E because we don't have words starting with the letter S Correct. in yes. Portuguese. Yeah. So those, those little things that I, I have no idea, you know, my mind just, it just didn't exist in my mind. And then when I moved here, mm-hmm. those things started making sense. And then I started to practicing those things because it's really like a tongue thing, mm-hmm. you know, you're, your muscles, they are not used to yes. <laughs> to work in that way. <laughs> it's right. All right, so you landed in the U.S. As a new person who's living in the U.S., did you have, you know, uh, some limiting beliefs of what you can achieve in the U.S.? You know, as somebody coming from Brazil, you know, maybe you felt you were lacking something, you were not good enough, you know, to be there in the U.S., what would be some limiting beliefs that you had, you know, as an immigrant living in the U.S., for example? In the beginning, I think my biggest limiting belief was that I would never be able to speak the language fluently because it felt so overwhelming to me in the beginning that uh, the only thing that I could think of was that's too much. It's I will never be able to be on a group conversation and understand what everyone is, is saying and interact and be fun and, you know, just be part of that. It was just too much to my mind to perceive. 
at that moment when I first arrived. And I think uh, when time started passing and I started to learn gradually the things, the limiting beliefs were dropping, you know, mm-hmm. they were just, oh yeah, I can do this. Oh yeah, I can do this. But it, it, it took me a lot of time to understand that it could be possible to work as a psychologist and a, as a therapist, mm-hmm. as a coach in English, that I could communicate, that I could teach, that I could do all those things, that I could talk in a group conversation and and be natural and be fun and entertain myself and don't feel that fear that, oh, people is judging me, my English is not perfect, <laughs> I'm not, I didn't put the S or I didn't use this verb correctly because this is what I thought in the beginning a lot. I would judge myself all the time and that that made me feel shy, that made me avoid group conversations, that made me say no to a lot of things that I could Mm. enjoy, but I was afraid of. I think the limiting beliefs, they are a lot about our fears of uh, being judged or Mm. being perceived as a stupid person. Especially, you know, in our country, we have everything we since the, when we were born we are learning all the time about the culture about the places about the people the way to to behave and it's natural we learned all those things but we don't realize that we learned so mm-hmm. when we move we have this throw on your face like oh yeah you have to learn all those things that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh, and we will and I think that's that's the biggest lesson that I, I got from from this trip to yeah. from this big move of my life that we can learn and we can learn so much, so much yeah. that we don't we don't even realize our potential, you know. It makes you a better person just be, you know, getting out of your comfort zone because back home in Brazil you were comfortable you knew everything, you were very familiar with things, how things work, and then all of a sudden you move to another country and not only you learn a new language, but you have to learn how to get around, you know, to meet new people, everything at once. Yeah, definitely. It's like, a, yeah. It's, yeah. Pressure. it's kind of like pressure, uh, but you feel overwhelmed, as you said, and, you know, you feel frustrated. I, I just remember when I moved to New Zealand um, and then Australia as well, like, you, feel, you come home, you know, you speak English all day, and then you come home and you're like, oh, I feel so tired. Why do I feel so tired, you know? Like, this is so yeah. exhausting, but I haven't done any physical activities. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, it's really exhausting. I remember <laughs> in the beginning, I will just lay down, and my head was pounding. Yeah. It's like, oh, my yeah. gosh, I really need to <laughs> You have to take mini breaks when you talk to people. You know? Yes. But how would you like? Let's say how would how did you overcome that limiting belief? Like, what what do you think helped you just uh, keep going and not to kind of surrender to this limiting belief? I think facing the fear because I think when we just move to another place, everything is new. It's not just the language, mm-hmm. but it's also 
as you said, going to places, understanding what what are the things that you like uh, for dinner or for lunch, because <laughs> even the food is different. You know, the time that people eat, for example, in Brazil, we eat very late. We eat around 7.38. In the U.S., people have dinner around 6. Ah, in, same in, in Australia. Yeah, same, yeah. around <laughs> 6 as well. Like, you had to adjust your your uh, lunch, breakfast time. Like, breakfast is at 8 a.m., like, really early, usually. Yeah, yeah. So those are, like, little things that you have that are put in your face all the time, and it says it's different. Here is different. Here is different. You have to behave in a different way. You have to eat different. You have to do everything in a different way. And the fear comes all the time. Mm. Like, oh, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I don't know, yeah. it's so many I don't knows. But one thing that helped me was to perceive that with humor. It's like, oh yeah, I don't know. And it's okay that I don't know. You know, how do yeah. I do this? And ask people and and try to make it as fun as possible because if we just take it it hard, like, oh I don't know, I should have known this before, or mm. why am I not learning fast enough? Yeah. I think when I felt that I was going through that pass, it always became harder than it actually was. Mm-hmm. And when I perceived that with humor, it became easier. And people would interact with me. And if I had, if I said something wrong, it was like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's true. It's not like that. <laughs> you know? So I think this helped me a lot. And uh, facing it, you know, um, for a long time, I was afraid of phone calls. But at a certain point, it was like, okay, I can do this, you know, and took a deep breath. Okay, let's call and schedule this appointment. <laughs> and then in the end of the call, sometimes I stumble around a little bit, but I got this, like, I got yeah. it done. Those little things started giving me confidence. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, a month later, I would get my phones like, I can totally do this call, you yeah. know. So I think it's all about the little things. Because when we think about to, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, I want to be fluent in six months, mm. it, it just feels too overwhelming. But if you mm-hmm. think about, let me do this call today, these are the things that will take you to be fluent in, be I don't know, positive. a year. Yes. So be positive and, and take it slow. Take, take it step by step. Like, mm-hmm. take the little challenges. Yeah. And yeah. take action. I think that helped me. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it, basically. Yes. Like, don't do it Take much. action. But you know what? Um, I'm just going to expand on that a little bit. It doesn't really apply to English learners. Like, limiting beliefs, like, it's like little voices in your head telling you that you're not good enough and you start listening and believing those voices. And they kind of don't disappear. They're always with us, you know, whatever, whatever new we do, like, um, when I started my podcast, for example, like it was a new thing. It was something out of my comfort zone. And I thought, who, you know, who am I to do a podcast? You know, I'm not this, I'm not a BBC. I'm not, you know, a news presenter somewhere, you know, <laughs> I'm just doing my podcast, you know, just from, you know, Australia, you know, far away. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But th- those things, they don't go away. But, you know, if you start taking action uh, and, you know, just do it basically as you've explained and all of a sudden you grow stronger, emotionally stronger and you, you get more confident at doing things. And now you're more confident with doing phone calls 
Yes. And I'm doing interviews as well. <laughs> exactly. See? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and as, yeah, and as you say, it's just those things, they will never go away. Limiting beliefs, they will always exist and they just transform in other things. Like right now, I'm not afraid of phone calls anymore, but oh, interviews. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Fresh. This is not a job it. interview. You can relax. It's <laughs> a chat. Yeah, yeah. So I think in the end, it's just learning how to deal with those things when they come up, because they will come up. True. And if we expect that they won't, we are just being too naive. <laughs> I, yeah, you have to be yeah. prepared for everything, actually. Yes, yes. Exactly. Um, can I ask you why the U.S.? Like, why would you move, you know, from Brazil to the U.S.? Is this very common that a lot of Brazilians are moving to the U.S.? Um, I think the au pair program specifically, the main reason that I came to the U.S. was that the au pair program was really big here. So there were a lot of families that mm -hmm. wanted au pairs. The au pair program, they, they exist in different parts of the world, uh, and it's really strong in Europe and the United States. Okay. But for the United States, they have um, easier regulations. They pay better than mm -hmm. the, the Europe program because here in the U.S., the economy is different from Europe. So it, it was just easier in a, mm -hmm. practical, in a practical way to come to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I wanted the most was to experience a different culture. I was not so concerned of which culture it would be, and I wanted to learn English. So I was uh, limited in uh, doubling. They have they had um, opera programs in Dublin and in the United States. Ah, oh, okay, then, Ireland, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I decided the U.S., and then I did all the programs to the U.S., but I had no idea where in the U.S. I was coming because you, you fill an application, and you are online for the families, and then there are families from the whole United States that can see your profile okay. and they can contact you and then they interview you um, on Skype. Mm -hmm. And then if they like you, they can invite you to come to their house and then you can decide if uh, you want to go there or not. One recommendation that the agency does is not to decide exactly for the region. For example, oh, I really want to go to California. But maybe the family who contacted me from California was not a really good match for me. Okay. So, like, it was very important the agency told us to to try to really like the family because we were going to leave with them for the whole year. Hmm. So it was really important to have a, a good experience overall, overall to, to enjoy the family. So that's how I landed in Seattle because uh, I didn't know anything about Seattle. Have you seen the movie? Have you seen yeah. the movie Sleepless in Seattle with Tom Hanks and oh, Mike Bryant? Yes. Yeah. I watched once I was here. I yeah. haven't seen when I was in Brazil. Oh. It's one of yeah, my favorite I, movies. Uh, I love uh, Tom oh. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Uh, it's, they, they've done uh, together. They've done another movie as well. Um, yeah. You've got Mail. That's another one. <laughs> so I watched that and I knew Grey's Anatomy that was in ah, Seattle okay. but I yeah. that was all that I knew about Seattle at that point <laughs> <laughs> that was enough <laughs> yes. and I knew that it rained a lot and it's true it does true. rain a lot <laughs> oh, does it do they have winter like snow winter snowy winter or not um 
It doesn't snow that much. No. It snows like two or three times during the whole winter, but it rains all the time. And it's that light rain that never stops. Uh, and it's always gray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's what it's famous for. Everyone says about Seattle. Yeah. It, it has uh, nature is everywhere. They have a lot of lakes, mountains, and the summer is gorgeous. The summer is really perfect. It's beautiful. Yeah. And where yeah. do you live now? You still in Seattle or not? No, I recently <laughs> moved. I'm in Hawaii now. Wow, well, what a Hawaii. change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though I'm in the big island and they have all the weathers here. Like, I'm in the, I'm high up the mountain and right now is um, winter here. So it rains a lot. And, uh, but if I go down the hill and to the beach, it's yeah. sunny. And if I go to the other side of the the island, it's uh, rainy and tropical forest. Just have all the weathers here. Yeah. So wherever you go, you take weather with you. Is that right, Nati? Yes. Yes. Exactly. There's <laughs> we also have to a song take about that. Yeah. And bikini <laughs> in the in the trunk of the car all the time. Yeah. So if you come to Australia, we're gonna have rain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let me just get back on the track. Uh, I've got a couple of more questions for you, Nati. Mm -hmm. um, so you've decided to move to the U.S., and what advice would you give to somebody who is intending to move to the U.S., or maybe in this case U.S. or any other English-speaking country? Do you have any advice for someone before they move? What should mm -hmm. they do? I think as we were speaking earlier, to prepare. Mm -hmm. I think prepare yourself. It's a very, very important thing because this will give you all the tools, all the everything that you need that you can possibly have before mm -hmm. arriving to the place. Because, of course, as we also said before, there are things that we cannot experience before coming because it's you have to live to understand. But, you know, try to understand where you are going to go, how things work there. Um, learn English as much as possible and from all the sources that you can possibly learn mm -hmm. from. Uh, podcasts, your, your podcast is amazing. So I would <laughs> Thank you. know if you're listening to this, keep <laughs> listening because you'll get such amazing tips from here. You know, watching movies, listening music, try to immerse yourself as much as possible. Change the language on your phone. You know, just try to put English everywhere. So you will be, you know, English will be on your face all the time. And yeah. I think this helps a lot. And, you know, be open. I think be prepared and be open. Be open to the experience. Be open to the, the challenge because it will be a challenge, will not be easy. But I think it was the best thing that I did in my life. It was the biggest challenge that I, because it was a choice. It was a big choice to move to another country. And there were a lot of unknowns. I didn't know a lot of things. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to adapt. I didn't know if I was going to learn the language. But this unknown gave me so many possibilities that I couldn't have imagined before. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I met people from all over the world that I would never meet if I was staying where I was in Brazil. I learned 
English and I learned Italian and I learned some Spanish and I have no idea that I would learn all those languages when I was moving to the U.S. So I think, you know, if you have a big dream like moving to another country or, you know, doing something that people think that is really hard or it's really impossible, I think just do it. Just you know, do really, it. Exactly. really do it because you will be surprised with all the things that comes with it that you can, that you don't even imagine that is possible or, mm. you know, it's not even in your mind at that point. Sorry, I have to ask you a um, question because I forgot to ask you one before. So before uh, coming to the U.S., uh, did you have to do uh, prepare your CV at all? Uh, no, what I had to do was to fill an application uh, for the au pair program. Oh, for the au pair, but you didn't have to have a CV ready in Brazil to uh, uh, no. apply. No, When I started looking for jobs here, because after I was an au pair, then I, I met my husband here, mm-hmm. and then we we got married eventually, and then I got my permission to work in the U.S., and then I was completely lost. Okay, I see. <laughs> because I didn't, um, I didn't know how to apply for jobs here, and it was very mm-hmm. different than applying in Brazil. The way to build the CV was different. Uh, the way that people expect you to be on the interview is different. They Here in the U.S., they really want you to show everything that you've done and mm. how you made a difference in the workplace and be really, like, try to show that you were the best, you know, yeah, show it's all about- the goal that you have. And this is not something so natural in Brazil so I had to learn all those things and also networking networking here is something really important that in Brazil it is but not the way it is here Mm -hmm. I think people get really professional in making connections and exchange contacts and all those things here and those things here in the U.S., they are really important and to want to get a job Mm -hmm. it's not just about sending um, resumes for the company is it's more about creating a relationship with yeah. someone that you know in the company and showing them that you really care about that position and how you could add value to that company and in brazil it's more of a passive um process mm-hmm. that the, you send your resume and you wait and then they invite you to go to the interview and you show them that you study and then to have the experience So it's just a different approach to to getting there, to getting the job that I had to learn. It took me a few months of desperation. <laughs> That's great. You did know desperation is the best motivation. That's what, yes. I, what I heard on, the, on another podcast I was listening to today. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. It's so true. You know, when you're desperate, you're really motivated. Yes, yes. Um, yes, I learned so, a lot at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that leads me to another question. So you kind of, uh, you sort of touched on, you know, somebody who's living in the U.S. Um, what advice would you give them who's trying to look for a job or trying to, you know, talk to native speakers, for example? Well, let's just talk about the job. <laughs> somebody who is, somebody who is uh, living in the U.S., what advice would you give them? Can they prepare for this uh, job hunting in the U.S., or can they do it before coming to the U.S.? Well, I think 
Um, if you are in the U.S. already, there are many places that you can go that could help you to, mm -hmm. to understand better. There are um, agencies that from the government that they provide courses, that they help you with the resume. So you can go online and check um, the agencies that you have on your city that could help you with. Mm -hmm. There are also um, organizations that help you. In Seattle, for example, there was an organization called Casa Latina that would help and would give uh, professional courses to women to help them to enter the workforce um, that is a, another group called Leaning that is, uh, it was created by uh, Cheryl Sandberg. She is a really high person on Facebook. Okay. I'm going to write uh, this down. Mm -hmm. Leaning, yeah. And uh, she created this organization that helps women. This is a specifically for women. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, they help women to enter the workplace and to network and to get empowered with information, mm -hmm. to learn how to negotiate, and things like that. There is also a place called Toastmasters that is a great place, first, to network, and second, to it will help you with the public speaking. And in, in, the, in the U.S., I think if you can show with your words how good you are, mm -hmm. it really helps on getting a job. Yeah. And uh, I think those master helped me a lot to understand that I could communicate even though my English is not perfect and it will never be because it's my second language, but I could pass a message effectively. I recommend that to everyone. Uh, but there are many places that can help you to, to feel more confident, to, to network. LinkedIn is something really strong in the U.S., So having a strong, you know, very well done LinkedIn and start connecting, sending messages to people that you know really help you. Mm, so uh, it's very big there as well in the U.S., LinkedIn. Same in Australia yeah. too. Yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn and networking, as you mentioned. I think the yeah. Toastmasters, they're kind of their global uh, organization. Yes, yes. And yes. I've seen them here in Adelaide, too, uh, in Australia. They have them, but I heard of them before. And it's a good uh, practice for people who want to do public speaking but are too yes. scared to do it. But yes. it's also good for somebody uh, like, you know, an English learner who is uh, scared to speak with other native speakers. And it's like it's just put you on the spot and you have exactly. to speak. You cannot, yeah. you know, you have to speak. So yes. you can't yes. escape. <laughs> Yes, and if you are at your um, native country yet, and you are, you know, trying to understand how to get a job or or how to do interviews in English, I think Toastmasters they are international, so you could check that out. Uh, they also have online um, groups, so if you wanna join an, uh, Toastmasters in English, you can find online. You can just go to Toastmasters. Oh. International. I think they have one in Australia that is based in Australia, but is international. Okay, I'll have to find yeah. out. Well, if you have yeah. a link, send me, and I'll, I'll yeah, share I'll it. Uh, I'll share it in the uh, post uh, so that people can check it out as well. So everything we mentioned here, I'm going to put in the um, show notes as well. So if you are in your home country, I think trying those things as well and getting informed of the differences that you know the how is the work how does the workplace work on the place that you are moving to 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know in Canada, for example, um, you mentioned Canada, they have, if you want to migrate um, with a work visa, they have a program for that and they are in need of people who are nurses, for example, or people who work in technology. So you can go to the Canadian website, the immigration um, in Canada, and try to see uh, what are the requirements for the the field that they are interested in. And if you are from that field, uh, you can start um, learning about the requirements and get prepared for those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is also the tourist uh, and uh, holiday visa in the, uh, Australia and New Zealand. Working holiday visa. Yeah, working holiday visa that are really great um, way to go to another country and live there for a longer time mm-hmm. and experience how to how it is to work there and to live there. So if you want to make a bigger move and do a permanent mm-hmm. um, you know, tr- transfer to that place, you can already have an idea of how it works over there. Um, yes. Look, I, I started the interview with you or this chat, I should say. I started this chat with you, uh, Nati, but I forgot to ask you a really important question. Mm. Now, now that you are in the U.S., um, I say U.S., I should say Hawaii. Now that you live in Hawaii, what do you do there? What, what is your um, area of expertise? So I am a transition coach. I come from a psychology background. I was working as a psychologist in Brazil, and it works as a, I worked as a therapist in, the, in Seattle. And then when I moved here, I really wanted to help other immigrant women because one thing that I felt in Seattle was that my friends and me as well in the beginning, especially when I realized that I was living in the U.S., it was not just an adventure because in the beginning when I came as an au pair, it's like, oh, this is an adventure. let enjoy here as much mm-hmm. as possible because I will go back to my country. But I was living here after two years. I met my husband. We decided to stay. And... I was lost. I didn't know who was <laughs> Nachi, the American resident, because True. I didn't know anything about my career. Like, what would I, what would I do about my career? Um, how would I organize my life living away from my family? And this really overwhelmed me in the beginning, and I struggled a lot to find my way, and I felt depressed many times. And I realized that many of my friends felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a big move, and it's different when you come from a certain period of time and you go back, and when you come to stay, because you have to reorganize your life in a way that it's really hard to explain when you never experienced that before. And uh, and after I passed through that moment, and I felt okay. Well, now I have a direction. I know what I want to do with my life. I, I was working as a therapist, and I was still feeling like, what can I do for all those women who are struggling like I was struggling, and they don't have any support, they are not, you know, being seen. A lot of them, especially in the Seattle area, they come with their husbands with an work work visa, for example, the husbands, because 70% in Seattle especially of um, the tech um, jobs mm-hmm. that hire people from other countries, they are men. 
so and they are in their 30s so they have already most of them a family and they bring the family so these women they usually had their careers back home and their families and young kids and when they come here they don't speak the language they don't have their careers anymore they don't know anyone they don't understand the culture and they don't have anyone to support them. So I decided to change my career a little bit and to become a coach and to help these women to find their their way, to find, you know, their passion again, to find a way so that they could go back to their careers and to build a community and to feel empowered again. Because I think once you, we come here, um, it's really easy the fear to take over and we feel powerless. Um, we underestimate ourselves a lot, and um, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that I don't think that things has to be that way. Yeah. So I decided to do something about it. So now I work from my computer because I'm <laughs> in Hawaii, and I see women from, especially in the U.S. Now I'm seeing more. My clients are mostly based in the U.S. in the Seattle area. Mm. And I help them to, you know, um, to go back to to their career, so like to find a career path or to get out of a depression or to to get out of an anxiety um, that they are experiencing in that moment because it, it is overwhelming and it is important to have help if you are feeling overwhelmed for too long. That's true. Because and uh, are the, um, sorry to interrupt you, the yeah. women uh, the women that you help, are they mostly English learners or... They are mostly English learners, yes. They, um, most of my clients right now are from Brazil because um, I have more connections with the Brazilian, the Brazilian community, but they are all English learners. And English is one of the biggest barriers that they experience, and that's something that we usually touch on and work on, on, you know, where to learn or how to learn um, what is where? What are the places that will match with the things that I need? Um, and how do I overcome this fear and this limiting belief that yeah. I will never learn English? <laughs> <laughs> it, but it, it, you will learn English. Like that's yes. that's, that's a small obstacle, guys. Uh, you know, it can be can be fixed. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So, Nati, how how um, how can people? work with you um how can they contact you let's say someone is uh some listeners are planning to go overseas to the u.s or to australia so do you, can you also help people who are moving to any speaking english speaking country or is it just for the u.s yes no i can help people who are going to any uh english speaking countries um i have a website which is um I also have a group on Facebook that is called Empowering Immigrant Women. And it's a group to, I, I put a lot of things there about English, about community, about transition, about depression, about anxiety, and all those things that uh, we will probably face once you move to another country and you have to learn how to transition that's why I, I became a transition coach because I work on the transition moments. So even if you are still in your country and you are moving to another country, you are about to go through a big transition and a lot of things will change. 
and sometimes can get overwhelmed. And it's really, really, it will make your life a lot easier if you get support from someone who went through that and know the way. So how long would somebody, like, if you were working with a client, how long would that person work with you until they feel very confident uh, uh, in themselves uh, living overseas? How long is that process, like the transition, as you mentioned? Yeah, so it, it depends. It depends on the person and what this person is going through at that moment. Um, in the I said in the beginning, um, I have two different programs to mm-hmm. start with which is a one-month program. So it's four sessions once a week, and you can understand what is going on and develop a plan. So it's just a clarity month. So you can understand in in the middle of all that mess that you are going, you know, <laughs> that you cannot understand. We just go through that and, and, and develop a plan so you can have a direction. Or a three-month where we go through the same process of understanding what's going on, developing a plan, and putting it into action. Mm-hmm. So three months, I think, um, as I've seen, it's a good time to start seeing important changes on a positive direction. And if the person needs more than three months, then we we talk again and we see how long um this person would need uh, more help, but it's usually three months. I would say twelve sessions are are a good setting to to understand what is going on, to create a plan, to put into action, and to see things changing in your life to a positive direction. Whatever this means to you, because it can mean different things for different people. So somebody, your clients will go through a three month uh, transition um, coaching with you. Uh, what if they wanted to do it by themselves? Like how long will will it take a person to adapt in a new country without taking your um, program, for example? It can take a lot longer. As I said in the beginning, when you first move or when you try to get a job, it can be really overwhelming because it's hard to understand how things work. Like in Brazil, for example, I was my entire life getting used to the culture, getting used to that system, watching the television, seeing my family talk about things. So you will naturally understand things about the culture and how things work. When you move to another country, you don't have all that support system supporting you to understand what different things mean. So if you have someone who can support you and and show you the way, you can get there, whatever there it is for you, a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, for me to understand how I could, because in the beginning, for example, when I decided that I wanted, I I got my um, permission to work and I started looking for jobs. I thought that I could not use my degree from Brazil and that I could just work on basic type of jobs like working on Sears, on, on, on the grocery store and things like that. So I was, imagine, I'm a psychologist from Brazil I was looking for jobs to work on the grocery store, nothing against working on the grocery store, yeah. but I was underestimating myself a lot, and there was no one to tell me, hey, stop, you are going to look for jobs as a therapist, because you can do this. 
you know, and having this person telling you this is so crucial because it will save you so much time. It will say, it will put you on the right direction. Yeah. And I think this can really change the direction of your life, change the way you feel, the way you behave and how confident you feel about yourself. Because once we move, it's so easy for us to underestimate ourselves and to think that we are not capable. And it's not true. We are. The language does not define who we are. We are much, much more mm. than the language. And then we can, and then we think we can communicate. And sometimes it's just hard to understand that by ourselves. Oh, that's perfect. I think that's the perfect answer. <laughs> those, those were the wise words by Nati Eustachio. <laughs> and um, I think uh, let's leave it uh, he, um, here. Let's um, end it here on a positive note. Well, thank you, Nati, for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your story and for sharing some tips as well with our uh, listeners. And it's very lovely to have you here. And I hope we can have you here back again thank you thank you so much it's an honor to be here it's great to to talk to you so thank you see you bye <laughs> ciao wow how amazing was that did you enjoy that chat with Nati? that's awesome if you have found today's episode useful please share it with your friends because sharing is caring if you have friends who are moving overseas or thinking of moving overseas, uh, they will uh, particularly enjoy today's episode. It will definitely be useful to them. So please uh, share the episode with your friends. And if you want to contact Nati, you will find her contact details on the EnglishMadeSimple.net and simply check out episode number 162. Her contact details will be in there. And guys... If you enjoyed today's chat with Nathy, be sure to let me know. <laughs> Either send me an email or leave a positive review in iTunes. That would be cool. Or post a comment on my website, EnglishMadeSimple.net. You know it. Or you can comment uh, on YouTube, Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, it's never ending. So many social channels. I can't keep track of all of them. <laughs> So let me know if you had enjoyed today's episode and I can prepare more shows like this one. That would be great. Thanks for tuning in today, amigos y amigas. You've been awesome as always. You've been jamming with Milena and Nati. Have an awesome week ahead. Until next time, hasta la próxima. Mm-hmm.